Welcome to episode 82 of the Montana Values Podcast. In this show, we pulled our car over at the Avon Cafe, pulled on our hip waders, put on our gas masks, and took a stroll through the Helena Swamp. Let's join our host, Tammy Fisher. The swamp is designed to perpetuate the swamp. Swamp creatures largely live a calm coexistence, only eating and attacking each other if they gain in size and power. The bigger the swamp gets, the safer the swamp creatures are. They are incubated by each other, immune from external attacks because no normal creature wants to venture into the swamp. Some true believers try it, but don't live to re-election because if you want to drain the swamp in Helena, well, you get primaried. So it is with Montana politics. And Montanans hate the swamp, so we actively put in place parameters by which government positions are held, such as term limits. In 1992, Montanans voted to limit the number of terms that a legislator or any other state official can serve. As a result of these term limits, an individual may serve as a state representative or senator for no more than eight years in a 16-year period. And you get at most 16 years total to serve. Then the idea is you go home, go home to your family and do something else. Because Montanans don't want politicians serving this state. Montana wants Montanans serving the state. It is why we have a citizen legislature that meets only once every two years for 90 days instead of legislators like they have in California where they meet all the time. Montanans don't want politicians to earn their living by being politicians. We have tried to stop the proliferation of lifelong service by politicians. But politicians are tricky and create their own self-serving opportunities to get around the will and desires of Montanans. First, legislators who get drunk on their perception of power and just can't leave the swamp. Well, they try to get elected to full-time government positions, even those positions they know nothing about topically. Next, if they can't get elected, they try to get appointed to open seats because once you're in a seat, it's hard to get booted from it. Finally, they seek full-time, quote, executive positions in government if they aren't electable or they have termed out. We'll talk about these three swampy options that are used all the time in Montana despite the will of the people based upon the parameters we have set. You would think they'd get the hint, and they haven't. They're just trying to do an end around of the will of Montanans. In Montana, there's not many positions that are full-time elected positions, thank God. But the one legislators really like and eagerly clamor for is a position as a public service commissioner. The PSC is comprised of five commissioners paid over $100,000 each individually per year. The role of the PSC is misunderstood by the public, which is why all the dum-dums in the legislature clamor for it. The public is volitionally blind to what the PSC does, and the dum-dums know it. The PSC's role is to regulate monopolies in Montana, including utility providers like Northwestern Energy, 
None of the current commissioners have any background working for utility companies or monopolies. The closest to having a grasp on the detailed financial analysis that goes along with the job is Tony O'Donnell over in eastern Montana. He was a financial advisor by profession, so conceivably he understands how to read a complicated financial statement from a utility company. But the other commissioners are totally inept. These commissioners are Randy Pinocchi, who was elected on being pro-life and pro-gun, even though the PSC has no jurisdiction over those issues. He caused litigation against the PSC because instead of minding the store, he was busy harassing a political rival. He was also the brilliant man who suckled at the teat of Charlatan Jordan Hall, the menace preacher from Missouri, who brought his own brand of hate and propaganda to Montana, lasting only so long in this state as to ring up multiple lawsuits for libel and slander, and who now stands accused of beating his wife and child, misappropriating funds from his church, and illegally obtaining drugs for personal use. Yes, Panocci's great judgment led him to awarding Hall the Truth and Journalism Award from the Montana Republican Party. Next, we have Jim Brown, an attorney in southwest Montana who just finished a failed run for the Montana Supreme Court because he was bought and paid for as a shill for Greg Gianforte and had virtually no relevant experience for the job as his background was in lobbying, not trial work. During his campaign, it appears that he violated the very judicial canons he pledged to uphold if elected. Luckily, Montana caught on to his shenanigans there, but we couldn't keep him from the Public Service Commission, apparently. Annie Bukacek, who knows nothing about utility and monopoly regulation, but is a family physician who has been the face of the pro-life Montana movement for years. Again, the PSC has no jurisdiction over abortion giving birth, having children, getting pregnant, nothing like that. But by God, through the face of the pro-life movement in Montana, we'll elect you the PSC. Bukacek views the PSC as a part-time job, despite its compensation package. And I would guess that she's actually just following the footsteps of the other commissioners who also seem to view it as a part-time job. She has pledged to continue seeing patients in her practice at least three days a week. Now, the greatest gift Bukacek gave Montana was actually running against perpetual failed candidate Derek Skies for the PSC position. She kept Derek from being the fourth former legislator seeking financial safety on the PSC, and God love her for it. And Derek was as unqualified for the job as Bukacek, but Bukacek is just slightly more likable. Finally, we have Jennifer Fielder who also knows nothing about utility and monopoly regulation, but has a history of sowing chaos and spewing horseshit wherever she goes. Fielder was the catalyst for the Helena Hospital staff to report they were bullied and intimidated by a legislator. Well, they were speaking of Jennifer Fielder, who falsely claimed to be a sitting state senator when she left a voicemail berating hospital staff for not following Fielder's medical advice, because apparently she thinks she knows everything, and then, of course, Fielder spent time on the voicemail warning of the political consequences she had in store for the Helena Hospital. The fact that she either didn't know her title at the time or willfully misrepresented her title in order to intimidate Montanans tells us all we need to know about Fielder. I'll go with number two on that one. Yeah. So three of the five sitting commissioners are former legislators that just couldn't shake their addiction to power and state funding 
for doing a whole lot of nothing. It is where former legislators try to go to retire because if they can get a term on the PSC, they pad their state retirement significantly. Our state pension system requires at least five years of service, and the monthly pension is based in large part upon what? What's that? The five highest earning years of state service. So if you start as a legislator that makes about 30 grand during legislative session years, but end as a PSC commissioner making over 100 grand a year, your pension, paid for life on the backs of Montana taxpayers, jumps substantially. Thus, running and hiding out in the PSC is a safe bet for legislators who are otherwise largely unemployable due to their professionalism and personality deficits. As three of five of the PSC commissioners have implemented this strategy, we now have a PSC in chaos. And prior to Bukacek being on the PSC, we had Brad Johnson. Boy, he's a dandy. He's the perpetual candidate for office who found his way to flying first class on the backs of Montana ratepayers, flouting all of the ethics policies put in place in state government. Johnson has been hiding out in state government for over 20 years in jobs where he's done a whole lot of nothing, seeking a state retirement. But he isn't done exacting a salary and pension from Montana. Just this month, he applied to be the new commissioner of political practices. Of course, he applied to Governor Gianforte because they go way back. He worked for the governor and Steve Daines in private industry. That doesn't sound swampy at all, does it? As you might tell, the PSC has been in chaos for years. We talked about the chaos way back in episode eight. It was something with circus music, as I recall. The chaos was instigated by staffer Drew Zeniker and embraced by Randy Pinocchi and Brad Johnson, two public service commissioners. And when the press took notice of the chaos and asked for the public documents held by the PSC, instead of erring on the side of transparency, you know, that Montana and Republican principle, the dodos on the commission chose to sue the press. And who shouldered those costs? Oh, that's right, Montana taxpayers. Drew Zeniker was such a menace that other staffers at the PSC quit, alleging he caused a hostile work environment. And Zeniker sat on leave with pay while the matters were being investigated, costing the taxpayers yet more dollars while he gamed the system. Once Zeniker was released from working at the PSC, uh-huh, we all know what that means, he was virtually unemployable, except by who those those guys? Oh, yes. The old white men running the Montana GOP. He found his way to the loving arms of Brad Sheeta, who was a legislator that was dumb enough to hire Zinnaker, likely with state funds, to be Sheeta's spokesperson. Imagine that. A legislator with a part-time job now needs someone else to speak for him. No great expansion of government there, right? No violation of those Republican principles of less government, do with what you got, that kind of stuff. Well, it's worked for the Flathead County commissioners. Exactly. They just hired their spokeshole. Right, exactly, because they can't speak for themselves anymore. After 100 years of speaking for themselves, now they just can't do it. And I agree, they can't speak for themselves because they're not qualified or professional enough to do it themselves. But I digress. So Sheeta's good judgment, knowing Zinnaker's history of placing himself over Montana and creating chaos at the PSC, leads Sheeta to hire Zinnaker. 
But there's more. Then when the legislative session is over, Zinnaker is unemployed. Again, that must make his parents proud. So he goes and runs Al Oshesky's failed congressional campaign. And again, this tells you the caliber of Olszewski's judgment, too. And if any one of us Montanans want to know what kind of a congressman Al Olszewski would have made, just look and see how he's been running Flathead County Central Committee as its chair. He is completely controlled, or it seems to be bullied, by the Keith Regeer family, who has been known to say in certain circles, they are the ones who run Flathead County Central Committee. So either Aloshevsky is letting himself be bullied by the Regeers, or he's incapable of independent thought from the Regeers. Well, he's the last to know that he's a pawn in their game, right? He, he's the last to know. He totally thinks he's running the show, and he's running it into the ground, right? Like, the latest antics are hilarious. They don't even follow their own laws, bylaws, anything. So veering straight into authoritarianism. But Olszewski is the last to know that Regeers are running around Flathead County saying they actually run Central Committee and Olszewski's just the figurehead. <laughs> but better yet, so what, when Olszewski picks Zinnaker to run his congressional campaign, what do they decide the top campaign issue is? This is it. This is what they're going to run on overturning the negotiated and legislatively passed water compact between Montana and the Salish and Kootenai tribes. This water compact was passed in Montana in like 2014, 2014, almost 10 years ago, the legislature passed this. Then it went to Congress, national Congress, and they passed it. But now, Apparently, <laughs> Al Oshesky thought that one sitting congressman would have the authority to overturn this compact that's been in place for almost 10 years. Brainy Smurf. Holy schmoly. And it was passed by the majority of the Montana legislature. Why would you bring it up again? It doesn't make any sense. His job, if you ever got elected congressman, which we know he never will, would be to follow the will of Montana, which was expressed by the legislature in 2014 when it passed the water compact. But no, we're going to dig that up. And we know why they were digging it up, because he had Zinnaker at the helm. And because, you know, we know a little bit more about Zinnaker, too. Why does Zinnaker promote this as the campaign issue? Because he runs towards the racist in the party with red meat. And now he openly embraces his racism with no fear of repercussions. And whoever it was in Helena that held him back from getting a seat, God bless that man. And he's in the Helena newspaper and he has some great quotes about his reservations about Drew Zeneker and he's spot on. Zinnaker had the balls to apply to be appointed to the House District 80 legislative seat when that seat was open because he, too, wants to join the legislator shuffle, right? Zinnaker is dying for a seat at the table, and all he can get is be at the kids' table. Please, let me have a seat at the big boy table, please. Right? So... He's dying to get into the legislator shuffle, so he applies to be a legislator, and he thinks his personal brand of racism is going to sell to the Republican Central Committee in Lewis and Clark County. It didn't, thank God, and thank God whoever that gentleman was on that committee that expressed his reservations publicly about Zinnaker, he did the right thing. And because what happened then during Zinnaker's interview? Here's what he said about Indians in Montana. 
quote, if the reservations want to say they are independent countries, but they want a lot of handouts, why are we counting their ballots? End quote. That is the most absurd shit I've ever heard. Apparently, Zinnaker is not Montana educated, because if he was, he would know that the tribes aren't taking handouts. They're getting what the United States is contractually obligated to provide. And the Indians earned these contractual commitments when the United States chose to limit the land that the tribes owned. It's part of the deal. Because a deal is a deal, unless, of course, you're a racist that hates Indians. According to Zinnaker, upholding a contract, the United States upholding a contract means Indians should forfeit their ability to vote. How do you like that? Wouldn't you love to know the grades he got in American history? Yeah. FF, double F, negative F, FDFF. So Zinnaker, beyond being a menace that uses taxpayer and ratepayer-funded positions to sow chaos versus do the work Montana needs done, also sows the seeds of racism against Native Montanans wherever he lands. But good news, folks. He still has a government job as Braxton Mitchell's legislative aide. Braxton, that poor bastard, is a 20-year-old kid that's now going to be guided on how to vote on legislation. Guided by Drew Zinnaker. I'm sure that's going to end well. Well, he's allowed himself to be guided by Derek Skies. Yeah, that ended well for him, too. He's a laughingstock last legislative session, and he, too, is the last to know that he's being used as a pawn. And now the PSC is hiring an executive director to try to avoid the chaos that Zinnaker, Panocci, and Johnson created. An executive director that gets a $90,000 a year salary. So when they created this position and chose to grow government, most conservatives, like me and Mickey, were not happy. We don't like it when a supposedly Republican-led board adds to the size of government. And Tammy, as you know, in this case, as the commissioners were the culmination of the blind leading the blind and had zero professional experience relevant to the job, it seemed an executive director with a background in monopoly regulation could whip the place into shape. Because if there is a semblance of leadership on the PSC, that person would ensure that whoever they hire as an executive director is professionally respected and has a strong background in energy or utility regulation. But what did we get? Another legislator looking for solace and financial security in the PSC. So who did they hire? Who did these brilliant people hire? Brad Sheeta and created one colossal, swampy, incestuous mess. Brad Sheeta, who we know is best pals with the last guy to sow chaos at the PSC. Brad Sheeta, who knows nothing about utility regulation and managing monopolies and has zero relevant professional experience for the job. Brad Sheeta, who is an election denier from Missoula County. Yet he can't back up his claims, and he refuses to attend any vote recounts, yet he demands those vote recounts that must occur at great taxpayer expense. Brad Sheeta, who believes and has publicly expressed his belief that a womb has no purpose other than housing babies. So he also is a science denier, apparently. Brad Sheeta, who was also cut from the Zinnaker racist cloth when he publicly proclaimed Montana Indians are overrepresented in the Montana legislature. Brad Sheeta, who just lost his race for the Montana Senate and now needs a job. 
to get that state pension. So the PSC, knowing she is a racist, knowing he's a sexist, knowing he's an election denier, knowing he is incompetent, and knowing he can't win election in his district, chose Sheeta to be the face of the PSC, to be the guy to run the whole show. When this guy, as a part-time legislator, needed to hire his own spokesperson. He can't even speak for himself, let alone a body of five commissioners. This is the guy they think will make them look good. So these so-called Republicans grew the size of government, added more bureaucracy, and hired a political crony versus someone qualified for the job. Sheeta's background is a teacher and a real estate agent. Not exactly PSC material or industry related. So they are paying this guy with our money and have no shame about it. Because truth be told, they want to ensure they get political favors too. More swamp, more incestuous mess. And you know Sheeta just wants to be relevant. He is dying to be relevant. You know this is the highest paying job he will ever have. And he's 69 years old, and he's white-knuckling that state pension. Because one of the best-kept secrets in Montana is how our pension system is manipulated by the same state legislators that rail against the government. No surprise, they are saying they hate pork, all the while suckling at the teat of the sow. Let me recap how this manipulation of the state pension system works. Elected officials have access to the state retirement system, which offers a defined benefit retirement, or what's called a pension. The amount of your pension if you begin work after 2011 is based upon your highest consecutive 60 months of compensation. And so long as you are 65 years old and have five years of state service under your belt, you get a pension. Now that pension, if you are, say, a legislator, would be a pittance if you only pulled the pension from your five highest earning legislator years. Because legislative service in Montana is largely condensed to 90 days every two years and the pay isn't much, it's like 13 bucks an hour. But if you are a legislator that is so bad you can't win re-election in your district but you are dying for a state retirement, well, here's what the swamp lets you do. Apply for a full-time government job where the decision makers on who gets that job are your political cronies. Brad Sheeta fits the bill. He's 69. If he keeps the PSC job for four years, his pension will have gone from a pittance to a very comfortable monthly stipend he gets every year until he dies. But he's the guy that's going to protect us from greedy monopolies. This is the one. He's the guy that is a reflection of a great public servant when he discounts women and Indians. He's the guy that's going to be able to analyze complicated financials and policy proposals. He doesn't even know how many Indians serve in the legislature, but he, this guy... (laughs) will decipher Northwestern Energy's balance sheets and rate proposals for the sitting commissioners? Are you kidding me? We're pissing away millions in ratepayer dollars sustaining a board that knows nothing about the subject matter over which they govern. Nothing. They remain the blind leading the blind. And now, with the racist at the helm, good luck to any Montana Indian that wants to start a taxi service. I'm sure that guy or gal will feel really comfortable having their application vetted by Brad Sheeta. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Consider sponsoring the show by going to our website, 
montanavaluespodcast.com, locating the sponsor page and clicking on the donate button. Follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at MTValues. Find us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. What's your favorite Montana value? How do you live it? Write to us. Our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.